Hey everybody, it's Steve and Scott from the Wretched Hive. Hey, welcome. And uh, we just have a quick message about this mini episode number 12. We're uh, going to interview Matt Eskew. It's a great interview. I think you're going to like it a lot. It was wonderful to have him back. He was a guest earlier this year. And uh, we just want to put out the warning right now that this interview is filled with spoilers. Spoilerific this one is. Uh, we are hitting on all aspects of The Last Jedi. If you have not seen Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, stop what you're doing right now. Put your phone down, go see the movie, and come back and listen to this after. Yeah, no floating stone is unturned. (laughs) Warned, you have been. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, you found us with the Wretched Hive podcast. Uh, we're, we've got mini episode number 12 on tap today. It's, I'm sitting here with uh, lifelong Star Wars fan Scott Ivansky. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of mini episodes, a lot of regular episodes, and they're all just going to bleed into each other. This Man, is crazy. No doubt. There's so much to unpack with The Last Jedi that we need help. We're bringing in guests and friends of the show, and today we are joined by Hellflowers guitarist and... Bass guitar. Bass guitar. Bass guitar, yes. <laughs> and a uh, huge Star Wars fan, Matt Askew. Matt, thanks for uh, coming back on the show. How's it going, man? Great to be back. Good seeing you again, man. Good it's, to see you guys. It is going good, and it has been uh, a crazy couple of weeks in the Star Wars universe with The Last Jedi. Uh, fan reaction has been kind of crazy, Matt. Um, and we, uh, we're we looking forward to getting your take on the movie. Now, you, saw it, you said you saw the film Friday. I did, opening night. And, and uh, you've just seen it the one time? You just saw it the one time so far? So far, yeah. I think we're going to check it out again up in the Bay Area um, uh, this weekend. So nice. we got some time up there. And um, it's a good distraction away from, from family stuff. So. Nice. <laughs> we all need that, Lord knows. Uh, Matt, I- I'm, I'm curious to hear, what was your reaction walking out of the theater after seeing the film for the first, well, for your only time? But what was, what was your, what were you thinking? Um here is the 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 honest answer to that one is i walked out loving it like i loved it i thought it was uh it was very different it it they definitely did a bunch of shit that i that i didn't like (laughs) but you know it it was it it left me feeling because this is a feeling i haven't had in a star wars movie since 83 like I, I walked out of there going like, okay, that was cool. That was that I, I was I was getting excited. Like during parts, I was on the edge of my seat on some parts. Um, there were a bunch of like there were a bunch of there's a bunch of shots or actually just scenes in there that were like were puzzling, but um, that yeah. were okay, whatever, we'll move on. But toward the end of the film, I was like, I kept looking over at Christina who was completely asleep. That <laughs> sounds like Karen. Karen would be doing the same thing. <laughs> you outed her. Look over at Christina, and I, I'm like, "Oh my god, did you just see like?" Or I'll, 
of you know this is wretched hive so it's gonna be spoilers yeah oh yeah oh yeah holy shit did you you know all those you know gorilla walkers like shot just shot a loop he just brushed it off and it was amazing <laughs> yeah. and I'm like that you know I saw it was the loop thing it was the, the really charming thing with the the dice from the Millennium Falcon like handing over to Leia yeah like that got me yeah uh, Oh, let me yeah. ask you, man. Did, did Matt? Did um, did the moment when R two plays uh, the hologram of Leia? Yeah. Did, did that just hit you in the feels like hardcore or? But it, the dice too. I mean, there were so many of those little moments. Well, the right? dice was subtle, and dice has always been like a subtle thing. Yes. And yeah. because if you, you either know it's there, or you don't. Right. You know, if you're a big fan, you've seen it in there, and you're like, "That's cool." They put little, they got dice in there. It's like hot. <laughs> it's like his hot rod. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, but, it, you know, it's never really been a thing. Now, the hologram projection coming out of R2, this is, that's where we all started. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw Kevin Smith's review. And he really treaded that heavy. But it was, he was right. He was completely right. That, yeah. that, this is where we started. This is where this story ends as well. So, like, that's cool. Like, that, that brought it full circle and... In, in a really, really, really beautiful way. You know, that's a great point, Matt. Actually, that's the first time we meet Leia. Yeah. And that is in the same film, of course, the last time we're going to see Leia. Oh, so yeah. we think. Well, yeah. I mean, we meet her before on the ship with Vader. But, oh, you're right. But, you're but, right but, but, but your point is taken. That's really the first connection with Luke and yeah. Leia. I was thinking it's the, sort of yeah. the first time Luke sees Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's what that was his call to adventure. That was his everything. He says, I wanna I'm I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna join the fight and you know, yeah. and then forty years later we're here. Yeah. You know, forty years later you're looking at the same image and you've had this whole life that has been wrapped around at this starting thing. And that, that really got me. I thought that was I thought for Ryan Johnson was a I mean, who I think is a brilliant filmmaker. Yes. Like I I love Brick. People will argue with me about Brick, and uh, I think Brick is just awesome. Now I'm, like, I'm a film I mean, nut. Don't know guy, yeah. and I thought that was great. I thought Looper was a blast. It's the only two films of his that I've seen. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a film nut, uh, but I haven't seen Brick yet. I I have seen Looper, and I I think Looper is a, a fantastic sci-fi. Uh, yep. Film, um, so I need to get down and and, and watch Brick soon. Yeah, so, Brick so, is a Brick is a tough one, and it's a slow burn, but yeah. it's, it's awesome. If you like noir and if you like that, you know that uh, really pulpy, heavy dialogue. You know, coming out of high school students is 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 for one hilarious. Yeah, and B, I thought it was it was really clever storytelling. So, anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> So, so you liked it coming out of the theater. Um, so, what were the what were the scenes uh, other than the dice uh, and the touching scenes with Leia? What what did you like about the movie visually? Um, I, I'm going to say the the uh, General Hodo blasting through. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, the Imperial ship um, oh. and just wiping them out was awesome. Yeah. I, um, her as a character, I mean, I love Laura Dern, but her as a character didn't really resonate with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a cool sacrifice moment, and it was in visually and 
and audio wise, there was dead sound. The deafening silence. The, yeah, the de- that was awesome. Silence of that and just the visual um, impact and, of and, that shot is amazing. And, that I cannot wait to see that again. Yeah. You know what, that, um, and what a great, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second, but on your subject right there, on your topic, that was such an, an interesting callback to the original film of Han making a statement to Luke saying, jumping through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, kid. Right. And I just, you could fly through a planet or a star yep. or something. I'm like, oh my God, they're actually going to show what happens. And it was bad ass like that yeah, was amazing and you look at look at force awakens i mean they they blasted through that creature on han's cargo ship yes you know and that, right. that was like okay that's that's did some horrible thing to that poor creature <laughs> <laughs> that poor creature that was trying to kill them um, yeah, yeah. But should have been a rancor by the way oh, uh, oh the rancors but, in, in marching through that ship would have been fun yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's a nice call but anyways yeah um I I um I really thought the Luke stuff was the stuff that was really getting me, and um, I, you can tell that they're they're having a lot of fun, maybe a little too much fun, and I think we'll get into that um, mm. a little bit because it got really too jokey at times. Yeah. So what yeah. did you think about that? So we we had a long talk about this on our last episode, and I kind of felt like the opening with Poe Dameron was like it 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 felt like an SNL skit. Uh, and there were several moments like that in this in this film. Um, uh, what was your take on that? Uh, well, you can thank Guardians of the Galaxy for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What and what everybody's said. calling the Disney effect um, is you got to like that's what audiences are are expecting now. Mm. They want things to be funny, and they want and you know. That's just how things are. It's not the seventies anymore, guys. But, but there's <laughs> a huge well, like, well, there's you know, a huge difference between funny and clever though. And I, I feel I, like I feel like the humor in the in the original trilogy was clever and fit clever. the fit the universe, but this just seems so out of place to me. I don't know. Well, it, it felt forced is what yeah. you're thinking. And yeah. um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, it really it, it felt like, oh, we gotta keep people interested and when you have to do that too much, you, you, you're not working with much in the first place. Yeah. And um, if that's the only thing that's really keeping the thing going, maybe you should, you know, change things up a little bit. Um, I'm not a fan of the General Hux character. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the actor is fine. Um, uh, what's his name? Donald. Donald Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. I loved him in Dread. Like, like he was. A, he was a very subtle, small character. Um, Harry Potter films, I guess he's fine, but like, I can't buy him as this threatening general. Hmm. Like, I just don't. I just like he looks. He just doesn't fit the part for me. Well, and, by the end of the movie, Kylo doesn't buy him as a threat either. I mean, he's oh, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, dressing him down by the end like, of the movie. Watching yeah. get tossed around. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inside the um, were they inside the the walker? Uh, no, uh, Kylo Ren's shuttle. They're in the cockpit okay, of the shuttle. The shuttle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. When he just gets <laughs> checked up against the wall out of out of pure rage. Yeah. But they here's one cool thing that was pointed out on the Kevin Smith review that I didn't really notice. No lightsaber ever crossed another lightsaber. Yeah. In that film, 
Yeah. There was there was never one impact with another lightsaber, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, that's a great point. We brought up the fact that no lightsabers crossed during the Luke battle with Kylo, the hologram or the projection of himself. Which, uh, but I right. want to get into that because after, but yeah. keep going. Actually, yeah. isn't there doesn't doesn't when Luke is recalling his interaction with Kylo that led Kylo to go to the dark side? Don't Luke Luke is holding his lightsaber over Kylo. Don't they cra- clash there? You know what? From one of the point of views, it does. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember whose point of view, but again, there's that whole concept of from your point of view. Right, from so a certain point is, of view. Is it Ben's? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You Sorry, guys man. a fan of, like, Kurosawa? It's all, it's all Rashomon. Right. Was, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, so that was, you know, another awesome tie-in to original trilogy. Let's yes. reference Akira Kurosawa right here. So right. that was cool. So, so for every reference to the original trilogy, you've got this movie going in a different direction, Matt. Uh, we talked a lot on the last episode about the concept that this is this may no longer be our Star Wars. We are no I'm longer the target demographic. What what say you about that? I'm fine with that. Let's let's see where we can take this in a different direction because. If we keep revisiting the Skywalker family over and over and over, I was bored of it in the prequels. Like I, after Episode One, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Don't care don't know about the Skywalker. <laughs> I always have a problem with the prequels, anyways, because you know how this is going to play out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all it is the sort of fan. It's 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 three movies of complete fan service. Now we're in a territory where we can do whatever the fuck we want, and mm-hmm. you know, let's let's. And and I think that was the point of what Ryan Johnson was doing is he was breaking everything. He just said like you know what these Ray she's she's anybody. Yeah. She's not a she's not a connection to this family. She's only she's just another person. And uh, Snoke, he's just another person. You know he's just another bad guy, which was kind of un, unsatisfying. But um, but the Ray thing I had liked because. Because it's it doesn't just doesn't have to do with the Skywalker family. It's anybody. It's it's expansive. Everybody, um, people can be force sensitive, you know, and people can you know wield this power. You don't have to be lineage. You don't have to be bloodline. So that was kind of cool. And that was like okay, there's opening up, opening that up a lot more. Especially the last shot of the film, guys. Like when the kid, mm-hmm. you know, just some stable boy. Pulls the broom, yeah. Broom, yeah. and then like, okay, that's cool. That's different too. We never end on, you know. I was waiting for that iris to close on, you know, on the Leah's ship or the Millennium Falcon at the end as they're flying, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And out or whatever ship they were flying out on, yeah. and um, and it didn't, and it was different. It was a different cutaway, and okay, this is cool. This is taking us into new territory. So Matt, I've got to get your take on it, and we just have a couple of minutes left with you, but um, I have to get your take on a couple of, of themes or, or big events in this movie, I'll, I'll say. Um, what did you think of the Leia in space moment? Uh, I thought it was a very cool moment to actually show, let's show the force, aside from throwing rocks around and the throwing, lifting um, X-Wings. Let's show what else we can do with this. And I thought it was cool. It was, it was, it, it was one of those, huh, moments. <laughs> yeah. There's a it, few it of those. It looked a little weird. And, you know, 
and uh, somebody said it was a space ghost moment. And I'm like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> That's a great reference. I, we haven't used space that one. Space ghost. It was, you know, him floating through space and like, yeah, that whole scene, it just. Yeah. That, I, I, um, you know, I, I'm curious about that because, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh man, choking. Um, that moment uh, has has been like at the center of a lot of arguments of about who likes what and, and, and how it's handled. But I think one of the big issues is is how was Leia able to pull it off? And other than the fact that in the canon that we already know that Leia is a Skywalker and yeah. has the Force abilities, yeah, no, nobody That's, is showed her doing anything, right. you know, like for yeah. Yeah, so my my biggest thing or my argument with that is, other than the actual expanded universe which has been tossed aside by Disney, now we're looking at the fact that we're just assuming that Leia has some training or has been training for all this time. We just don't know it until she's knocked out into space and she can bring herself technically back from the dead and pull her back to the ship. Right. I mean, even if it was a big jump, like it was honestly a big jump uh, to accept it. But I, in a way, I just kind of let it go. I'm like, okay, okay, well, mm-hmm. right. So she can do that now. All right. Mm-hmm. Then let's see where the story goes. But it didn't really, it didn't break me. Right? Yeah. And I could see people, other people in the theater, were kind of groan a little bit, and some people were clapping. Yeah. So and it was kind of a half and half. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, you know what? That that's, makes a great that's, that's everything. Fans are really fans are very split on that First one for of sure. All, um, we have to have Matt back on on a regular show because Greg and him seem to be siding pretty close on this one. Yep. And second of all, uh, you make a great point. My first viewing, it was a dead audience, a dead theater, and it really didn't help when there were moments where the audience wasn't participating in the cheering or yeah. whatever. So that moment was really almost like the scene where the, the ship jumps through hyperspace through the Imperial or the um, uh, First Order ship. Mm-hmm. It was dead yep. silent. And it was eerie, and it took me out for a moment. So I like yeah. your point of view on this, and I like that you're siding with our friend Greg, who's not here right now. But, uh, man, that that's fascinating. Yeah, there's um, – I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in the film that – I mean, the, the Canto Bright stuff – or Canto Bite or yeah. – Yeah, Canto Bite. Canto Bite. It was I, – I couldn't stand it. Like, everything <laughs> happening on that – like, it was so unnecessary. It was like a side mission of a video game. But yeah. Matt, they got thrown in jail for a parking ticket. Come on, <laughs> which you know probably something that happened to Ryan Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> so, he's like, "Well, fuck you! I'm putting this into my Star Wars movies." So. And hey, they did go with a guy who just said, "Oh, I can crack that code. No problem." Yeah. Oh yeah. Be- why yeah. did they go with him? And, because he said he could. Yes. yes. And well, he opened the door, and they're like, "Oh, That's true. you 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 can do that." Okay. Yeah. Well, but, um. And as much as I love Benicio del Toro, he is sorely misplaced in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, I love as Kanata thing. Some people don't, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he was like having some weird space battle because you don't really think of that character as that. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, she's got a little rocketeer jetpack on, and you know, she's <laughs> you know, and that was a very Flash Gordon-y thing. And if anybody that knows me knows, I'm like a huge Flash Gordon fanatic so oh yeah oh. well like, yeah i don't really have time to really deal with you guys right now but you know maybe this will help you okay bye you know what <laughs> I, I i had a little brainstorm after the show last night about mas canada 
she may be the most sexual character in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> First, she's got she wants to hit on Chewbacca. Where's my boyfriend, that Wookiee? And then in the in uh, the Last Jedi, she refers to the guy as being willing to do almost anything. Right. So <laughs> remember, and, and Ray Ray looks at Rose or Finn looks at Rose and like, whoa, what's that about? There's some creepy stuff going on, man. Yeah, there's something know. going on there. Right. And he's just just let her be her. <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. I'm not. Ju- she's know. she's a hot little orange thing. Yeah, yeah. dude, you're yeah. the one with she's a five foot like... porg sitting behind you. I don't know what's going on there, Matt. We just have about another minute with you. Um, yeah. I have to ask you, what was your take on Luke's ability now? to to do astral projection to project himself across the galaxy and to be in the same room with Leia and others as if he's there when he's right. really not what did you think about that uh, new Jedi power I, I thought it was fucking awesome and I'll bring that back to the, the Leia thing when she's floating in space I mean we need to see what else we can do with this if this is, thing is just about reading minds moving rocks controlling whatever okay we've seen that let's see something else when that was revealed that he was never there was fucking amazing. Like that was fucking amazing to me. Like I, that, that I, you know, that was one of the moments where I like turned and I looked at Christina's like snoring face, (laughs) like expecting a reaction. Oh my God, baby. Did you? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I I almost had to do the same thing with Karen. I'm, she fell asleep through a lot of that film. I feel bad. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure they'll they'll talk about it when they see each other, and they'll be like, uh, um. <laughs> yeah, "That's about the whole conversation." Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we on this show like complain about the way, not just that Luke flicks his lightsaber, but the way he flicks it. You know, it's like the minutia. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I loved, I love that he like tossed the initial when he gets yeah. lay hands with the lightsaber. That he just tosses it. I'm like, well, that's that's like a very Mark Hamill. Thing, it it felt know. very Mark Hamill. And yeah, I think that's it, the problem I had with it too, Matt. It's like it felt like Mark Hamill in that scene. It didn't yeah, feel it like didn't Luke. Feel like I, I'm like glad it. that you pointed that out because that's why that scene feels uncomfortable. I'm, me, I'm the odd man out. I, I went the opposite direction. I enjoyed the humor of the scene. My issue was even though they played Luke as that type of person that, that, that has left the Order, that's sitting there ready to die on an island – there's still Luke Skywalker. If he has the yeah. power of, even if he's turned away the Jedi Order, if he has the power, that much power to project himself across the galaxy, there's still an ounce of him. Just like he yeah. says about his father, there's still good in him. Yeah. So for him to just to toss it, and somebody even made the point, he didn't toss it off the island. Like It didn't right. fall over right. the cliff into the water with his X-Wing. It's conveniently hanging on the edge of the cliff there <laughs> so Ray can come back and pick it up. I think he was a message. He was like almost this like yeah. sending message about how he was feeling about it. But it was still like I mean, if you know like what if you give Mark Hamill a, a Star Wars card, yeah, like and he signs it, right, he writes right, right. the funny shit on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. oh yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And uh, but that felt like that felt like a Mark Hamill thing. Like mm-hmm. that, like, he, he was just being him. But I mean, if you look at Luke Skywalker at the end of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and he's, he's he's still like this, like, you can tell he's still this very conflicted, you know, he just gave his father, who he only knew as a villain through the whole thing, like this, like, Viking burning burial, and then you see him on an island, there's no other really, you know, I'm still trying to, like, 
patched together who that guy is. How did he become sort of like bitter but still jokey? I mean, the whole thing about having her reach out to use the force, and then he's like rubbing her hand with like you know with like right. a leaf right. or something, which I thought was really funny. Oh yeah, you feel that force? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he whacks her with it. <laughs> but it was like you know, it was is this is this the same guy? Have we forgotten who this person is? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, but. I don't know. I just rolled with it and just enjoyed it for what it was. Because look, yeah. we're, this is a this is a different generation. This is a different era. Like, yeah, it, I, people want a little more levity in their stuff. And I think you know, yeah, I think we all need it in some in some respect. Mm. Just our culture in general. Yeah. But yeah, it was some of it was a bitter pill to swallow, mm. and some of it I thought was great. So. Yeah, I don't know about them porgs though. <laughs> I wish Chewie would have chowed down on the one though. I, oh my he was god, ready. He, co- he cooked it up. And, and the funny thing is that you know the porg was really upset he was about to eat it, but and yet he had killed the porg, skinned it, skinned it, t- feathered it, skinned it. <laughs> so you know, I'd like to see their reaction when he's yeah prepping it. Yeah. Is he, is he vegetarian now? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah, apparently not? You know, I will reckon to guess that, that, um, that maybe Ryan Johnson himself is a vegetarian and that he was just, you know, set the animals free, like set the, on Canto Bite, the, the horse things or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. Set the things free. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's a little heavy handed right. with the messages here, but constant messages or subtle little message hints throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Mattiskew, great catching up with you. Thank you so much for being on Always. the show. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah. Uh, before you go, tell us what's going on with the health flowers and uh, where can we find you playing live somewhere? Uh, well, we are headed back in the studio. Um, we are actually putting out a full-length final this year, so awesome. We are. Um, I don't think we, we don't have anything booked in LA right now. We're we're doing some shows up in Napa, and we're doing a show in Santa Cruz. Awesome. Um, in February, and I think our next LA show that is on the books um, will be. I think it's May 18th. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's around that time. Whiskey a go go with missing persons. Where wow. our main nice. That's so fantastic. That's wow. Well, and we can we can definitely uh, set it up and put some stuff on the on the page and and send out some uh, Facebook and social media stuff oh, about it. Absolutely. When it gets closer, yeah. so. happy to do that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we we love the support and we love the show. So. And cool. um, yeah, I'm I'm actually waiting to hear our guitar player Cat. I'm waiting to hear his reaction. We have not talked Star Wars yet, so oh, and we worked on Star Wars. Cat. Well, you're going to be meeting up with him this weekend. Is that possible? Uh, I'm in this weekend up in the Bay Area. I'm, um, we'll probably we'll probably see if we. It's it's usually about family this time of year. Gotcha. So we may sneak out a couple hours to hang out a little bit, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I want to hear his. I want to hear what he has to say because apparently he loved it. Okay. You know, but I would love to see you guys rake him over the coals a little bit. <laughs> oh, you know, I would love for him to call the the Wretched Hive hotline and, and leave his oh, opinion he, about the show. Yeah, we got to get that number to him. I, I will definitely tell him to do that. Awesome, so, awesome, please. Matt. Thanks again so much for being on the show. Take care. All right, guys. See you later. All right.